the volume. Oral Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. FanDuel is the best. They're America's number one sportsbook. It's so easy to use, safe and secure. What more do you need to hear here? There's fast payouts too, as quick as two hours. What a turnaround. And there's so many different bet types as well. The same game parlay bets, live betting, player props, futures, There's risk-free bets and the same game parlay bets, enhanced odds markets. There's so much more. It's fantastic. It will not let you down. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9889 in Tennessee. Or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the sessions. I'm standing up while doing this intro, which I kind of enjoy. Normally, I'm sitting down. I'm all casual. But currently, I've got sweet baby Nora attached to me. Cranking out the intro and outro for this podcast. And we're going to go take down Christmas decorations. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's not interesting information. No one cares. But that's what's currently happening here. Today's guest. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why I feel the need to give like this big elaborate intro as if you didn't already see the description and then click on it. And that's why you're here. Thunder Rosa is on the show. Yes, it has been way overdue. I should have had her on the show ages ago. And she actually calls me out on it as soon as we started recording. And she was absolutely right, too. Um, But man, this was a great conversation with a woman that, like, I just honestly didn't know enough about her personal life and her journey and all the things that she has been through to get to exactly where she is. So if you happen to be in the same boat that I was in, um, in terms of, of Thunder Rosa, I mean, listen, I think where she's at right now in AEW, I think she is one of the cornerstones of that women's division. She brings so much to the table. She's so damn good at what she does. She's scrappy. She's gritty. You know, we go back to the Lights Out match with Britt Baker, and it took two to tango in that matchup. And if it wasn't Thunder Rosa opposite Britt Baker, I don't know what that match would have been exactly what it was. So Thunder Rosa is the shit. That being said, let's just get into this. I really loved this interview. She's super vulnerable, um, just very open and honest about everything she's been through to get to this point um, from, you know, people kind of betting against her and not thinking that she was going to make it to where she's at now. Here she is. Here's Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa owes me five bucks for being late. That's the toll. You must pay the toll. Super late. I feel like this has been a long time coming to get you on the podcast. Here we are. I'm going to pick a bone with you, Renee. Oh, here we go. It's very interesting. After the Lights Out match, everybody, everybody and their mamas interview Britt Baker. It's so interesting because I was in that match and I was not interviewed. 
I know Brit personally a little bit better than I know you. So I was like, girlfriend, come pop on the show, blah, blah, blah. But like, why is Brit getting all the flowers for this match and not you? I love Brit. I think she's great. But let's talk a little Thunder Rosa here. I bled too, um, but I didn't do it to the point where like I was completely like drenched in blood. I think that was one of the shocking factors for that match. I mean, the match was a masterpiece. Like I watch it. It was so driven with emotions from her and from me that made it so special. There's been so many women in the business that I want to give credit to that were before us that have done this in the independent scene, but they never did it in, in, in a way where we did it. In my personal opinion, that's one of the main reasons why people are like, oh my God, you know, she's the queen of hardcore. And, and yes, she did some crazy stuff. She took some crazy bumps. But at the same time, it's like, this wouldn't happen if she wouldn't have the opponent that she had with her. Of course. Takes two to tango, 100%. Absolutely. And um, I knew that for her, it was going to be a defining moment in her career, this match specifically. For me, it was the match that I needed for people to understand who Thunder Rosa is. And I'm just not talking about as, as a worker, but I'm just talking about in general, like what I'm able to do. I can do technical matches. I can do uh, high-flying matches. I can wrestle in a mask. I can speak Spanish. I can speak English. I can do hardcore matches. I'm not afraid of anything. I, I can do MMA. I can do everything. But I feel like the drift went with her and you didn't go with me. Britt's very good at taking things and pumping it up on social media. She kind of keeps the storyline going through social media where she wants to talk a bunch of shit, post the videos online and post the pictures and all that. Do you think that that is something that that makes the storyline follow her more? I mean, it could have been. And it also could have been the fact that I wasn't signed with AEW at that moment. And it wasn't like um, the moment for Thunder Rosa. And I totally understand that. That match specifically, I'm so thankful to Tony for allowing me to, to be part of this storyline. Because he could, he could have picked anybody that was signed at the moment in AEW. I don't think that that's true, though, because you couldn't have done that match with anybody. That's not true. I know. You're right. But I'm saying that if you put it in perspective, I was not part of the company full time. He thought from the day one, when I came to AEW, it was a one and done. But my performance kind of like forced everybody to have me there every week, which was really cool. Prior to my research getting ready for this interview, I didn't know that you weren't signed before that match. How much pressure were you feeling to be like, hey, you're going to be the main event of Dynamite. You're doing a hardcore lights out match and you're not signed. Did that like fuel your fire to be like, fuck it, I'm just going to go out there and do my absolute best and get signed and it is what it is? Or were you feeling that pressure of like, God, I really hope that this all kind of connects? You know, I felt a pressure from moment one because I knew what I was coming for. I'm an outsider. What do you mean by that? Why do people make you feel like an outsider? I don't know if you remember the storyline is like, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. They keep telling you that. They keep telling me I'm an outsider my whole entire career because I never watched wrestling. I was a social worker. I came into the business because it was fun. It was something that interested me. And I ended up being fucking pretty good at it, you know? <laughs> uh, and people didn't like that. You come from another company. And it's a, a blessing and a curse when you're too good at something. In any job, right? So you come in at something. You're supposed, to be a, you're supposed to be a one and done. And then you're like, what's up, guys? Every week, I'm the cousin that nobody wants to see. But you still see me, you know? And then they put you in this, like, super important spot. That you're like, holy crap, like if I shed the bed, this is it. I knew that if I did what I needed to do with my opponents and we can tell the story the way that we're supposed to tell it, 
that I was going to be okay. And that this was going to help me catapult my career in many different ways, because for me, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to have an excellent match and and this is going to be great just for me. I was doing this for the whole entire group that I have been, you know, dragging with me and telling them, you can do this too. You can be an outsider. People can tell that you suck. People can tell you that you don't belong. I have been told that so many times. And even now I read, I shouldn't, I'll be reading stuff, but they're always like, well, Thunder Rosa is missing something. Oh, Thunder Rosa is not, they don't have the, yet. there is something. And I'm like, I dog dare you to wake up at five in the morning, every fucking day, travel for seven, eight hours, put a show, go to the next show and do the same thing. Take care of yourself. Try to look good. Try to have a positive attitude. Try to do something. And then you can tell me, oh, you're still missing something. I'm not because I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the group of women that I'm, they're coming with me. Right. And that's, and that's when I cut that promo. The pressure was on, not for me only, but to like, again, show that I'm, I'm a great talent, but it's to show that it doesn't matter what people tell you, you are in charge of your own destiny and you can change, you can change your present and your future. And that's what I did when I got there. So what happens to Thunder Rosa if people do start saying that, like, oh shit, she does belong. She is this amazing talent. Do you want that to happen? I mean, of course you want that to happen. Everyone wants to, um, you know, get their accolades and get the respect that they deserve. But do you kind of enjoy having that chip on your shoulder to keep moving forward and keep proving everybody wrong? Because I almost feel like, I mean, as much as you're telling me this, I almost feel, not that I feel the opposite, but like, I feel like the stuff that I see about you online is ever is people fucking love you. They do love me because they see the hard work that I put all the time. I don't base my success on one thing. I base my success on every week, what I can do for myself and for other people. For me, it's not about me. My legacy, my family legacy is to build opportunities for other people that are coming after me. With people that come in the ring with me, what they can learn while they're with me and they can teach to somebody else. I always talk about real sisterhood. Like I was not treated well when I started in the business by other women, women that were in the business before me. That scarred me for life. And I keep talking about it. And I know my therapist tell me, you got to let it go. But that shit can be brutal, man. Like, oh my God, it can be awful. Do you think locker rooms have changed quite a bit since then? Or is there still some of that that can exist? There's still some of that. Um, But again, it's our responsibility, our individual responsibility to be better people when we are anywhere we go. When you see something that is wrong, you have to say something because there's certain things that shouldn't happen. Well, especially if you're somebody that is a locker room leader to kind of step in and change the way that a locker room is. Or even like have a, a, an adult conversation saying, hey, what you did out there really bothered me and uh, it made me feel this way. And instead of like, you are stupid and you this is like, no, it made me feel this way. Can you please not do that? And if it continues to happen, then, OK, you, you have a bigger issue. Again, it's like with my actions and when things that I do, I really try to teach new generation of women that it is okay to be a strong woman and, and say something and not like being a bitch because you're not being a bitch. You're just being professional, you know, and then that's what I, I hate when people are like, oh, she's being a bitch. No, she's being professional and she is, uh, she's standing up for herself. Men do that all the time and nobody says anything. Yeah, no, men do that all the time. And you're right. I mean, it's it's definitely easier for like, you know, if a woman steps up and has that sort of cachet about her, people want to call her a bitch or that she's difficult to work with. Like that is one of the most annoying fucking things I've ever heard of. Like a woman being told she's like difficult to work with. F off. That is so, um, I hate that. It's so obnoxious. Um, 
How did you feel when, or what was the conversation that you had with Tony after the uh, lights out match? It was really sweet. Like, um, I have pictures, I have video. I can like literally like tell you how my whole day went. Like when the moment that I got there and, and like how I felt, I was very nervous. I was not for me. Cause I was like, eh, whatever, if I get hurt, I get hurt. Like my whole thing is like, I want to make sure that my opponent was fully protected. You guys took some gnarly bumps too. Holy shit. Yes. And there's a lot of stuff that I never done before. So there's a lot of like, you question yourself and you, you question like, can I do this? Can I do this safely? When we go live, am I going to be nervous? Is my opponent going to be nervous? I call my husband. I remember I was in the back and I was in tears telling my husband, I'm like, I am very nervous about this. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to pull it off because I just remember who you are, where you've been and all the things that you have gone through. Because you remember you're fucking Thunder Rosa. You are there for a reason. They brought you here for a reason, Melissa. This is your moment. Remember that. And I remember getting ready and everything. And, um, and Tony was like, yeah, you're going to do great. And I trust you. I believe in you. He, he always, Tony was always telling me that he believes in me. By the end of the match, everybody's on their feet, uh, clapping. And I was like shaking. Like there's the moment in work. Like literally we break the table. She's completely full of blood. I'm full of her blood. And I'm like telling her, like, I belong here. I belong here. And then I'm like, they raise my hand and I'm in tears. Like, this is some real fucking tears. In my mind, I remember thinking, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guys. I knew this was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to be this good. And I didn't think I was going to survive. It's so good. Tony hugged me and he was like, hey, champ, I knew you were going to do this. Thank you so much. And then he's like, you got to cut a promo. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I made a couple of people cry and it was, it was like, uh, Agogo, Agogo was, I made him cry because he, he was in the process with me. He's like, we made, we became really good friends and he was training me boxing and stuff. And then, uh, Sony kiss. I remember he hugged me and he like looked at me and he said, I remember where you and I were in Lucha underground and how much you struggled to get respect with the people in Lucha underground because you were so new and look at you right now doing a main event of this magnitude and you're going to become a legend. And, um, I just remember just being in tears and being so happy for one that it was over and two uh uh that what we did out there it was it was gonna bring women's wrestling to another level i learned a lot from brit honestly like in terms of like the moments and like doing stuff like that i think a lot of people won't give her credit on that but i will give her credit on that like she's like you were saying she's very smart about certain things and the stuff that she picked it was really, really good. But I think if I was like, if I would have been a shitty worker and not sell her shit and not, not do that stuff, I don't think it would have been as good. I've seen, like I said, I've seen a lot of street matches. I've seen a lot of lights out, dead matches. And it's, some of them don't have that emotional connection that we had on that match. The fact that it was two women having a match like that already changes what the dynamic of that match is, what the emotional level is going to be. You guys like really put each other on the map that night. Like I feel like you both pulled each other up and solidified not only yourselves, but the entire women's division for AEW. Did you feel that or feel sort of that pressure to make sure everyone knows that this is what the women's division here is all about? Oh yeah. I watched my promo from the first time that they brought me in. And I said that I am going to bring some respect and to put it on the map. My whole goal is because people were talking so much shit about AW Women's Division. I was so sick and tired of it. You know, they don't understand all the work we all have put to make this division better. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the whole entire group. 
as a group, we all have put so much work to earn respect. And the fact that we did that that night and we were able, everybody was talking about it and everybody still talk about it, you know, and everybody, everybody that I have, every time I have sat on a signing, that's a match that comes out. That only moment, yes, going to be, is a very important moment in my life, but I want, I don't want that to only define me as a, a, as a wrestler. I want like everything else that I've done after that and before that to build, like we were talking about, respect in the women's division and AW and outside of AW because it's so important because those are the girls that are going to come to AW and they're going to be part of the women's division. And we want strong, solid women that can hang. What other kind of matches do either you want to have or you want to see in AEW? Does it need to be different stipulations? Does it need to be different main events or different points in the card? I want to do a cage match so bad. Like there's something about the cage that just attracts me a lot. I want to do a dog and color match. Like I'm not afraid of doing anything anymore. I faced death when I got in the, in the cage. And that was the first time that I was like, oh shit, I can't actually die here. So ever since then, I was just like, bring it. I'm just ready for the challenge. I I love doing 30-minute matches. I love the fact that I have to think, that I have to think about the moments that I want to create with my opponent, how we are going to elevate each other. It's, just, it's always a, a, a learning curve and a learning process. And it's it's fantastic. Like, I love doing that. Like, even my last match right now with Jade, it was like a learning curve, not only for me, but for her, right? The process of thinking, what am I going to do? How are we going to create it? How are we going to create the interest from the people to watch this match and to tune in and to watch the whole entire match? I mean, I saw this last time when they had the 60-minute match, Cowboy and, uh, and Brian. I was telling Mark, Mark, I'm ready for this. I am ready for this. And I know a couple of my peers are ready to have a 60-minute match. Oh, my God. I've got so many different questions for you that I'm like, which way do I want to go? Um, let's go to when you got signed. What was that moment like for you when you did get signed to a full-time contract? Oh man, if I could really talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> um, I was in my bed and I was having a really difficult time because uh, I was having some issues uh, with uh, the other company that I was working with. July 20th, it was like in the morning, I'm in tears praying to God for clarity and patience. And I got a message from Christopher Daniels. He's like, sister, here is uh, your contract. Read it over and send it to your lawyer. I like literally was on my computer and like looking at it and I'm in tears. Like I'm just in tears. Like finally, like all this time. And I was like, just like this with my husband, we did it. We fucking did it. That was the best thing that happened to me in a long time. I worked so hard and we sacrificed so much throughout six years. And like, there's so many things that people don't understand. They don't know because they don't need to know. And I was like, Jesus, God, thank you so much. And, and and then when it was announced on my birthday, it was like, like everybody, every single comment is like, you earned it. You deserve it. You've worked so hard. It was one of the most beautiful things. And I saw Tony and I sent him the longest text message saying thank you and how thankful I am. And I'm so thankful that I am in the company because being rejected for so long and even like struggling for so long, it feels like you're never like, you're never going to get out of the hole. But then it's like, you see the light and you're like, oh my God, like miracles exist and like hard work really pays off. And a lot of people like want to do shortcuts and like they get tired and then and they give up. And like, it's just that attitude that I, I was never going to give up no matter what. It felt great. And it just feels great that I can say that I'm, I'm part of like something like this because we are making change. It feels awesome. 
I love hearing stories like that and seeing someone like you that's so passionate about what you do. And obviously, I mean, you are busting your ass to do this day in and day out, year after year. Um, so to see you get this big payoff quite literally is, is awesome to see. But, you know, even on the other side of that, it's like you get your contract. And I feel like every time you're on TV, it feels like it's an important match and it feels like something big is about to happen. So, I mean, kudos to you for, for being able to have that kind of energy about you and that kind of charisma every time that you're out there. I think that that's really, really cool to see. And now to see the way the women's division is going. Um, I mean, you guys have so much talent there and there's so many amazing women there. Um, and now you guys have just signed Mercedes Martinez. How do you feel about having her uh, join the, the women's locker room? My head still hurts. <laughs> hard. Um, it's great. I think we need more veterans that are able to um, guide all the young new talent that we still have. The learning curve is so big in our division because we have a lot of people that are been in the business less than 10 years. And you like it or not, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we all still need to learn. And she is a book of knowledge. And every time I have stepped in the ring with her, because we've been having a lot of matches in the independent team, they get better and better and better and better. So what you guys are about to see in the next couple months is going to be fire because you have somebody that is a super freaking good veteran that knows what she's doing. And then you're seeing fiery thunder baby Rosa right now. It's going to be money inside and outside of the ring. And if you guys go on YouTube and see our matches that we have had in the last couple months, you're going to know what I'm talking about because we both can go. I just hope the world is ready to see what's next. Hell yeah. I think especially for Mercedes, I actually just had her on the show not long ago, not having a clue that she was going to AEW. I don't know if she knew at that point or what, but it's really cool to see um, her make that move, make that career move. And I mean, shit, we know she can still go and she knows she can go. So I'm excited to see her get that opportunity um, to really flex on everybody and remind everyone who the hell she is because she's an absolute badass. Fight fans, throw your best haymaker with a risk-free first bet from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with promo code Renee and you'll be able to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. FanDuel offers all your favorite bets. Choose from the money line to the method of victory to which round the fight will end. And there's so much more. You can even parlay different fight bets together. The bigger your parlay, the bigger your potential payout becomes. You guys do not want to miss out on this. You know, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is also so incredibly easy to use. And when you win, you get paid in as little as two hours hours. Come on, man. Let's all get paid. To place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, and make every fight night mean more with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. 
or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. TN Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Uh, okay, let's take things back to to you getting in to professional wrestling. Like you said, you were a social worker before, and then you made the transition into into wrestling and making that a full time gig. How did that happen? How did you get there? Tell me about some of the, like the hard work for you to get here to getting this contract and and earning the respect from. Do I really have to go over that? Like, oh. <laughs> give it to us. When you don't come from a wrestling background or you don't come from like an athletic background and you just do something because you love the arts. I, for me, it was a love of the art and the athleticism that, you know, required to become a professional wrestler. I was never allowed to do sports when I was younger. So I always had a chip on my shoulder because my parents didn't allow me to do that. I come from nothing. I was telling this story to somebody. I was in high school. I was 14. And this is when I started working. I had to pay for my school for my every semester we had to pay. That semester in particular, my parents, both of my parents lost their jobs and I was working two jobs and I was getting paid on one twenty-five bucks. And then the other one, I think I was going to pay 30 bucks. And I was giving that to my parents. We were living in Mexico. This is when you were 14? Yeah. And I was 14, 15. I had to pay for my semester. I had to like go to my high school English teacher. All my female teachers have been nothing but role models for me. That's one of the things I learned from a long time. They were very strong women. And when they saw talent in somebody, they always went out of their way. So I talked to my English teacher and told her. I can't pay for school. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And she's like, let me help you. She went to the school, the principal and said, she can't pay for school. I'm going to pay for it. Then after that, I went and talked to a couple of my teachers and asked them if they had extra books. Some of them gave me the books. Some of them didn't. So the ones that didn't give me the books, I had to pay for the books. So I literally went to every single classroom and I asked for money, buy my books for that semester. I never forget that because this is like what gets me into like, I never let anything bother me in professional wrestling. There, I could keep working for two jobs and I busted my ass until I was 17 and moved to the United States. And here I knew that I could actually make it, right? Because school was free. There's a lot more opportunities. So I went to school. I did my thing. I graduated from UC Berkeley. Fast forward, I ended up working as a social worker in a place called Thunder Road. And there I found a friend who was a humongous wrestling fan. My husband has always been a wrestling fan. He took me to WrestleMania 25 and that was as much as I knew. Independent professional wrestling was what caught my attention, not the big stuff. It was uh, the intimacy of being with people that you don't know, and they become your friends later on because you go to the same shows everywhere. So in the Bay Area, I went to Hood Slam, and I was one of the loudest fans that sit in the same corner for months. And my friend was like, well, if you like that, you should come to APW and try this thing. They have a tryout. So my husband and I, we didn't have a car. We're riding our bikes. So we rode the bar and we rode our bikes for like five miles. We got to this place and I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. Like so fucking cool. And then they announced we have a tryout the next day and I had to work a double that day. I was like, dude, I can't do that. And he's like, just do it. Like, just see what happens. You love wrestling now, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. I did the tryout and I just feel like I was so tired. I was so sore. I was like, wow, this is what I always wanted in my life. I always wanted to be an athlete. I can be an athlete and I can do theater. I want to be a soap opera actress because I grew up with soap opera. So I got in shape. I paid like $3,000. The guy died. We lost all our money. 
we were in the living room and I looked at him and I was in tears. I was like, man, we just lost $3,000. Now you can even go to college. We don't have that money. We lost this. I don't even have a school to go to. What the fuck are we going to do? And then we're looking at each other. And I just had that feeling. It was November, 2013. I had that feeling. And I told him, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to be one of the biggest stars ever. If we're going to do this, if we're going to sacrifice all this, because we just lost $3,000. We're going to make $20,000 more that we just lost. Just trust me, we are. So I was very hands-on on my on what I wanted, how I wanted to be trained because I'm very, uh, I always like the best schools, even if I have to sacrifice, even if I have to move, I had to do it right. So I went to a school, they trained me, they, they, they trained me really well. So I didn't want to do the three months, six months. I wanted to be trained properly because I watched so much bad wrestling, women's bad wrestling. I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look like that, right? And I remember watching Serena Deeb and Melissa, little Melissa, we drove seven hours to Los Angeles and they had a 20 minute match. And I remember watching this before, even before I started training. And I remember looking at my husband and I was like, I want to be them. I want to look like them. If I'm going to be a wrestler, this is the kind of wrestler I want to be. The Lucha Underground contract happened. I was the shits at that time. But guess what? That didn't let it bother me. Yes, they gave me an opportunity to wrestle. I didn't cut it. I went back and I started training. Like I was driving from Oakland to LA for me to get better at Lucha Underground. And I had a contract, right? And getting paid 60 bucks to like wrestle in places because I needed to get the reps because I don't have the luxury of having great places and they're paying me a bunch of money. I didn't have that. Like people didn't give two shits about me. Never did. Everybody was always telling me, you suck. I don't know. You don't belong here. Why did they bring you? Why are they even spending money on you? So many people are telling me that, joking around. But that is not cool. When people tell you that, that's not cool. So I was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to be the best and be over even if I don't wrestle. And that's what I did. Right. And then that happens. And then I got stuck in a contract again because I didn't know, didn't read my contract. I was just excited. And I was, so I was stuck in this Lucha Underground contract for a long time. And I just did my thing because they didn't care about me. They just care about the big guys that were bringing the big money. I wasn't one of them. So I just kept working and I ended up working in ROH. I work wow. I work a bunch of other places. And it was 2019. And I'm like telling my husband, we moved here to Texas because we started running our shows in 2015 with Sabotage. And then we started another one, Mission Pro Wrestling. And I was just telling my husband at that point, I was like, I'm so sick and tired of like going against the current. Like, I know I'm good. I know I have it. I know like I can do a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm always putting people over. I'm always making people look good. That's why they bring me. I totally understand. But nobody gives me a chance. Like nobody believes in me. Like I'm so sick and tired of this. Like, what do I need to do to be taken serious? Like, do I have to get naked? Do I have to like do this? I'm not gonna, you know, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I am not gonna sleep with anybody to get an opportunity. I'm just not, I refuse to do that. And I remember just struggling that summer and just the idea of doing MMA came to me. And I was like, maybe I'll just do MMA. Like this wrestling thing is not happening. I gotta find something else to like ignite my passion for what I'm doing. And then I started training MMA jiu-jitsu and all the martial arts then i ended up getting um signing a contract and at the same time that's at the moment when i was like maybe i just need to get a job and forget about this silliness right and i contacted one of my friends that was a referee and i was like hey is wwe looking for somebody because i need a job like i need to feed my family like my husband has a regular job and we're fine but i'm just so sick and tired of doing this and wwe reached out to me and they're like are you ready to hang up the boots i remember having that conversation with canyon and i'm like I need a job. So what's up? What's the deal? And then they give me the scoop, how much they were going to pay me. And my husband says, you're absolutely nuts. You're not doing that shit. I don't care. And I was like, no, man, we need a job. Like, I'm so sick and tired. I was like, no, dude, like, 
You're better than this, Melissa. You're trained for six months to get into a fight for MMA. You're going to toss that away. You've done everything on your own. You've done everything at your own pace. And they send me my ticket. They send me all the paperwork. I did all the stuff that I needed to do. And then a hurricane happened. My flight got delayed and then it got canceled. It got canceled. And then I signed my MMA contract. And then the next day, NWA, David Lagana calls me. He's like, we have something for you. Are you ready to change your life? Because he's been talking to me for a year, telling me to be patient. And I'm like, you know, be patient. What does that even mean in wrestling? And I signed that contract with NWA and things changed. Like he was the one who believed fully and what I was capable of. In six months, I became the NWA Women's Champ. Okay, Mission Pro Wrestling. How did this come about? I mean, you have been through it in the wrestling world. Um, I mean, as you just kind of laid out for us, how did it come together that you wanted to have your own promotion? We had a promotion before we started in 2016 called Sabotage Wrestling because people would not want to book me. They just didn't book me. And I was like, you know what? And to tell him, I have like a little bit of money from Lucha Underground. We can invest on this. Let's see what happens. So we called. Everybody and their mamas from Canada, Mexico, all over the United States. And I was like, hey, ladies, we're starting this thing new. Sorry, we can pay your fee, your whole fee, but we have to take care of this and we have to take care of that. And we'll have somebody to be scouting for you. Are you guys down? And we had, I saw the picture this week. I was going over all my memories and I was like, just remind me where I've been and where I need, what I need to still work on. And that picture came out with all the ladies that came. So I started like that. And it was really cool. That first thing, it was really cool. But we, didn't know what the hell we were doing and we lost a lot of money. And then it came to a point where it just became a little bit unmanageable. And I was like, I told my husband, it's either that or it's us. we got to pick. we got to like regroup and do something. So we let it go. And then uh, Mission Pro Wrestling, he started it because he was bored and he started with a friend. So he started running like little shows just for fun, not to make money or nothing, just fun. And then the speak out movement happened and he came with the greatest idea. Oh, well, we have a show that is run by women. For women, I started calling people and we got a booker, everybody, female, like everybody. And then I start calling all my friends that were blackballed for no reason that never gave enough. Nobody gave two shits about them. And I was like, hey, I'm starting this thing. You guys want to be part of it? It's going to be kind of a big deal. Just watch it. It's going to be big. If we're working on it this year, it's going to be big. So we put a, a call for fans and for businesses if they wanted to sponsor our show because i mean we had the money and we pulled a little money that he had a little money that i had another money that my friend had and we started like that and we had a bunch of girls from different parts of the country that came and, and helped us out one of the main ones that i wanted to bring was uh she's already signed Teresa serrano that's her name what's her name in the wwe zoe, zoe Stark. yeah her People will not give her the moment of her life. And she's so talented. I was like, I want you to come over. She, I, my idea was to make her my champion. And then La Rosa Negra. I always had her in the back of my mind because of all the things that she's gone through in the last five years and how great of a person she is. And I was like, I want you to come because I want you to do this. And that's the same thing with Holiday and the same thing with, with a couple of girls that have been with us uh, for a while. We run our show and we had so many support from the community. We had so many support from like fans here. And it just started growing. and. Um, the things that we have been able to do indirectly for so many different women have been so magical. The fact that a lot of the girls that have worked with us have been able to go to AEW, have had opportunities to do tryouts for WWE, that have gone into other opportunities through, you know, our participation with Mission Pro Wrestling. It's just for me, it's, it's huge. And that's how we have been building the locker room. It's so important to me because we don't. We don't put up with 
with attitudes. We don't put up with egos. People have issues, personal issues. They have to deal with it in there. If they have a problem in the ring, they have to live it in the ring and shake it off in the thing. Because again, I saw so much of that being brought up in wrestling that I got sick and tired of being treated like shit, being treated like I didn't belong, being treated like I was an idiot because I was trying to do the right thing. And that's why I told my husband, like, if we're going to run something like this, it's going to be with meaning. It's not just because we want to have a women's promotion and we want to sell tickets. No, it's because we really want to make a change. Like you can ask all the girls, like when they come with us, they feel treated like, like nobody else treated them before. I want to create a real sisterhood. If you come here and you're working here with us for a while, it's a good thing. I always tell them it's, I am helping you right now, but how you pay me off is by helping somebody else that is going through the same thing that you went through. Otherwise, it's just doing it for yourself and, and nothing is going to change. When I was in Japan, Kimura-san, when I got hurt, she took care of me. Hannah took care of me, her daughter. They helped me and I was able to feel like I wasn't alone. And ever since then, I've been paying off what they did for me, doing other stuff for other women. Because it, this is a very lonely business and there's many times in where you feel like you have nobody and you're alone. But when you feel like you have that community where you can reach out for anything, it's amazing. But it's like that vision that we have on sisterhood, on taking care of each other, on community, grassroots, is really paying off. I really feel like your um, your background was social work and then everything you went through with professional wrestling. I feel like all of it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're doing with Mission Pro Wrestling of like creating such a great environment for people to come work in somewhere where people want to be. And then, yeah, like you said, like creating that sisterhood because that when that when you are not a part of that sisterhood. And I mean, it does exist, but there's people that are on the outside of that. That shit burns, man. Like that can really sting. And, um, it's, it's really cool that you make your environment so inclusive and so welcoming to so many people to be a part of. Very, very cool. Um, you've been able to work with so many women, of course. And right now, um, there's probably never been such, uh, an incredibly talented amount of free agents, um, in the professional wrestling world. If Tony Khan is able to sign three women right now that are free agents, who do you want to see in AEW that you'd like to work with? I would love to see Athena. She's very knowledgeable and very talented. She's helped me a little bit. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like she makes things make sense. And, and she's like, she's a great coach. And she's just been great. I mean, it's our time in NXT. Like she, she helped a lot of the girls out there. And she does it here too in, in Dallas, helping new generations of women professional wrestlers. She has a very similar mentality than I do too. So I, I enjoy having people that are very grounded. It's so important to change the locker room when you have people that are grounded. Um, let's see. I never had the opportunity to work with Tony Storm, but I think she will be a great addition. She's a great worker. Like all the people that I talk to, like they have said that they enjoy working with her and they enjoy having her in the locker room. Another person that I will like for them to sign. I mean, I don't want to be biased, but one of my, my dear friends, La Rosa has a lot to bring to the table too. And I don't feel like she's ever been able to have that break. And she has done so much, mostly in Puerto Rico, but she's done a lot for the women's division in, in that area. And, and she's been all over. She's been in Japan. She's been in Mexico. She's, she's a hustler. But that's wishful thinking. Hopefully it happens. Put it out there. Manifest it. Make it happen. Let people know. Um, okay. This has actually been such a great conversation. Killer interview. I love getting to hear more about your story. Um, geez. I mean, all the stuff that you have been through to, to land where you are now. I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm like proud of you for like sticking to it, nose to the grindstone, getting it done. My final question to you is this. 
What is the best taco that you've had so far? It had to be when I was in Monterey, Mexico. It was so authentic. Like we went to this taqueria and it was, I never had this like chicharron trenzado, which is pork rinds. And then the tortillas were handmade. It was the most delicious thing I've tried. And then the birria tacos in Murrieta, in Atlanta, actually, in Georgia, they were really, really good. Uh, it was uh, an interview that I did with Siki Dice that is coming up pretty soon. The taco vlog's fantastic. I love that you're doing this. I love that you are checking out tacos in different towns, making that your thing. As a food person myself, I love this and I'm living vicariously through you. I'm hoping that the taco vlog goes bigger so I can have my stuff on TV one day. Yeah, let's get it out there. Let's get you. You should have your own hot sauce. That's what we should really be doing. There should be like a Thunder Rosa hot sauce. There was an offer for me to do hot sauce too. You 100% should do that. that. I mean, Dustin Poirier has his through um, Hedonist. It's awesome. It's like a Louisiana style hot sauce. It's one of my favorite ones. You need to jump on this bandwagon for sure. Well, Thunder Rosa, I'm so happy that I was finally able to get you on here to pick your brain uh, again. I mean, honestly, your story's amazing. Uh, it's really cool to see you doing what you're doing right now and continuing to grow and make women's wrestling better. So thank you. Thanks for being patient. I'm sorry I was late. Now you owe me a taco. I wanted five bucks, but now I think I just want to go have a taco with you. I will have to make you tacos then. Or yes. I'll get my taco from a taqueria El Dorado if you come to Austin, that they have my taco there. What's in it? It's steak, uh, rajas, and they have like some very spicy jalapeno and cheese. And some of the proceeds go to my favorite nonprofit organization. So they donate money from that taco. Man, you fucking rule. What a cool chick. Super excited for you. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. A huge thank you to Thunder Rosa for joining me on the show. Again, girl, my bad. I honestly should have had you on the show ages ago. I need to have a lot of people on the show. Gosh, I honestly, I should actually post it out the list that I have of people that I want to have on this show. It's quite egregious. Long, 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 long list. Um, so anyways, I'm super happy that I got to talk to Thunder Rosa. Again, her story is just, it, it pumped me up, honestly. I mean, it takes a lot for somebody to constantly be swimming upstream and going against the grain and constantly betting on yourself. But damn, did it ever pay off. You know, she knew what she wanted to do. She knows what she brings to the table. And Tony Khan sees what she brings to the table. And I think wrestling fans um, around the world now see what Thunder Rosa brings to the table. So... Kudos to you, girl. Get it done. Uh, All right, guys. Until the next episode of The Sessions, here comes my spiel. Follow us on YouTube. Search at Renee Paquette. It's all on there. If you like what you hear, you can see it over on YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. You can also follow at The Volume Sports. It's 2022. I feel good about it. 